2: Good afternoon, folks. This is the More Money Show on WBC Talk Radio, the number one talk radio station in America, in my opinion. Uh, and so thank you so much for joining every Saturday afternoon for the More Money Show. Uh, we are on from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. every Saturday following the great Larry Kudlow and what an honor that is for me. Um, so I, w- I have a lot to cover today. By the way, a great show this weekend. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about the economy, the financial markets. I have two of the best in the business coming on, and Rob Arnott of Research Affiliates and Andy Puster, So you're going to definitely want to stay for that. Um, I want to start the show, though, by talking about what is going on in Washington, D.C., because I'm uh, disgusted by some of these trends I'm seeing. And I wanted to start with this big brouhaha that's going on between the Republicans and President Biden with respect to the funding of Israel and the aid to provide uh, for the Israeli government. And I want to backtrack for a minute because we talked about this last week, for those who were listening last week, about the fact that Biden has proposed a $100 billion aid package. And to me, that is completely absurd. It is undoable. We're a country that is is we're already $33 trillion in debt. We are running $2 trillion annual deficits. Um, we have to start paying our bills. And so, uh, on Ukraine, most of you probably know that I'm against more money for Ukraine, uh, because I don't believe that that money is getting to the Ukrainians. Number one. Number two, I think it's the responsibility of Europe to be poning up uh, because they're right next door to Ukraine and Russia. We're, uh, you know, thousands of miles away. And the Europeans have not stepped up. They do what they always do. And Trump was the one who called them out on this. They want the United States taxpayers to pay these bills. And I'm sick of it. I don't, I'm I'm turning more and more personally into a non-interventionist. I think that we cannot be the policemen of the world. We have to lead by example. We have to lead by being a country that's free and free markets, and hopefully the rest of the world will follow us. And so, uh, that's where I am on this. So that would leave about $20 billion in the aid for Israel. Now, if we're going to provide that kind of money that I, that I feel very strongly, and I think most of you agree, I know that I get a lot of texts and a lot of emails from, uh, you all, my listeners saying, uh, that we can't just keep spending money we don't have. And so there are two conditions in my opinion, to providing this money. The first one is obvious, that if we are going to provide this money for Israel, we are going to pay for this by cutting other government programs. Now, $20 billion out of a $6 trillion budget is nothing. It's less than 1% of our spending. So you're telling me they can't find 1% to cut? I Give me, give me 15 minutes and I can show you 20% that we can cut. I could show you 30% we could cut out of this budget and nobody would outside of Washington would even notice that that money is missing. So absolutely, uh, speak the new speaker of the house who I'm quite impressed with, by the way. I think he's been quite good. Um, is basically saying we're going to pay for this or you're not getting the money, Joe Biden. And I love his idea. I just love his idea of saying, you know what? Here's where we can cut $20 billion. We're not going to give you $80 billion to hire 75,000 new IRS agents. That's an outrage. This is the most abusive agency of Washington. Uh, anyone who's been through an audit and I've been through several audits because I'm a conservative and, and I'm high profile. So the IRS comes after me and don't kid yourself. This is the, this is the deep state folks. They go, the Biden administration, unlike any administration in the history of the country, even more than Obama, uses government, uses the Justice Department, the FBI, the IRS, the State Department, and virtually every law enforcement arm of the government to go after their political enemies. This is a disgusting trend, and it's happening. So when he says, I want $80 billion for the IRS, that means anyone with a conservative point of view or any high profile Republican, they're going to go after you and they're going to tie you up into knots. I was in a four year dispute with the IRS uh, when I was nominated by Donald Trump to be on the Federal Reserve Board because they said I owed them sixty five thousand dollars. And we've been in this dispute and our uh, 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 accountant had said, no, actually, they owe you money. You don't owe them money. But try getting that message through to the to the thugs at the IRS. Well, they had a lien on our property. They they uh, they did everything they could. I had to pay thousands and tens of thousands of dollars of, of uh, bills to accountants and lawyers. And uh, finally, 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 after going through all of this, they finally admitted, oh, yes, whoopsie daisy, we made a mistake. And they, they sent us a check. You know, for the amount that they actually owed us. By the way, there was no apology letter. <laughs> they didn't say sorry. We put you through the ringer. They just said, "Whoops, and here's the money." My point is that you you think that's a problem now? Wait till they hire eighty thousand more people. So, no, absolutely not. We're not going to hire these agents. And and the uh, the speaker is saying instead of spending all that money on the IRS, let's let's give that money uh, part of it to Israel. And that's I favor that, and I don't think Republicans should back down. The second thing that I feel strongly about, again, I mentioned this last week, but it's worth saying again, if we want to win the war against terrorism, if we want to beat Hamas, if we want to defeat uh, Russia and the um, evil war machine that uh, Vladimir Putin has built up, one of the single best ways of doing that is simply to produce more oil and gas and energy here at home. That's obvious, right? Trump got that. It's it's an obvious point that the country that has the most energy has the geopolitical advantage. That's why the Middle East has really dominated for so many years and decades, because they have the oil. Well, guess what? We have it now. We have the oil. We have the gas. We have the coal. We have the nuclear power. We should be producing all of that. And until Biden ends his war on American energy, I, I don't think that we should be providing more money because he's not serious about the war against terrorism if he isn't going to produce more Uh, we have given i shouldn't say we have given but because of biden's um, anti-fossil fuel measures on domestic production iran has benefited to the tune of about 50 billion dollars you can build uh, a lot of rockets and a lot of missiles with 50 billion dollars so those are my conditions and i wonder what you all think about that um one other quick quick point and i've just got a few minutes left before we get to our guests but I want to say this. If you look at the trends in America right now, I was just looking up these statistics and they're really saddening to me. And I wanted to recite some of these because it's it's just a big problem. So uh, Biden said he was going to build back better. Remember that? Build back better. All right. So here are some of these statistics. Obesity in the United States is up 20 percent percent the most U.S. suicides ever in a year was 50,000 in 2022. The most drug overdoses deaths in a year, 106,000 in 2022. The highest inflation in 40 years, which reached 9.2% in June of 2022, was the highest in four decades. The most illegal immigrants in a year, Two point eight million in 2022. And by the way, that number is going to be a lot higher in 2023. We're going to probably be well over four to five million. Highest U.S. average gas price on record was in June of 2022 at five dollars a gallon. Now we're down to less than four dollars a gallon, but that's still way above what it was for Trump. Um Just a couple of others. I'm I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. I'm just trying to show people what has happened in the last three years. And the idea that build back better is crazy. We've built back a lot worse. Um, Most consumer credit card debt on record, $1.08 trillion last year. That means we're probably well up to $1.2 trillion now. Um, Here's one. The most kids diagnosed with gender dysphoria Over 40,000 in 2022. This isn't build back better. It's build back worse. These trends are problematic. We need a new president. We need a new president. By the way, I don't think Joe Biden's going to run. I think we're going to probably be looking at a Gavin Newsom, or uh, the governor of California, or maybe the ultra-liberal governor of uh, Michigan, uh, uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Um, There wouldn't be any improvement, folks. They would not be an improvement. So we have uh, a lot of work to do. I do believe that a Republican president, whether it might be, it's probably going to be Trump as the nominee, probably, but not certainly. It could be the great Ron DeSantis, who's been a fantastic governor of Florida. It could be uh, any of these. I, I mentioned that we have Doug Burgum at our Committee to Unleash Prosperity, the governor of North Dakota. Boy, what a common sense guy he is. All we need is return to common sense governance. In Washington, and I really believe we can turn this country around, but this, the stakes are going to be extraordinarily high in 2024. Uh, and I want people to be engaged. I want people to be engaged politically, uh, run for school board, run for local city council, run for dog catcher, um, organized because this is the stakes are as high as they've ever been in this election coming up. You wouldn't be listening to this show if you didn't care about our country and care about our nation's finances. That's why we call it More Money. I'm trying to make more money for everyone. And stay tuned, folks, because I've got some real financial experts coming up to explain to you how you can make more money. Uh, this is WBC Talk Radio. Uh, I hope you're having a wonderful weekend, and I'll be right back.
1: This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore.
4: Hey, it's Ryan Payne and Bob Payne from Payne Capital Management. Of course, that's P A Y N E here on the More Money Show, talking the stock market, the economy, financial planning. And man, Bob, there's no getting around it. It was another really tough week on the street of dreams, as you like to say. Um, You know, we've had a lot of volatility, markets are down, which is. It's a little odd, given the fact that we just had one of the biggest GDP prints we've had in a long time. Economic growth in the U.S. for the third quarter was like off the charts, yet markets sold off. What do you say, Bob?
0: Well, there's a lot of pessimism around, Rod. It's like just it's like you have your head cold right now. I'm told a lot of people to have a head cold. So it's like a virus that spreads everywhere. Pessimism is so thick right now you can cut it with a knife. But, you know, we had a phenomenal growth of the economy for the third quarter. And it's a little surprising because, you know, had every economist, 100% of economists this time last year, predicted to be a contraction. So they didn't miss it by a little bit. They missed it by a lot.
4: Yeah, it's kind of remarkable, right? We had the, we had the most uh, prophesized recession of all time. And, you know, last year we were predicting we'd be in a dire recession right now, and we had the exact opposite. We had a surprise with, like, massive growth on the upside in the U.S. economy. Um, So the question is, well, maybe it's just delayed. Maybe we're going to go into a recession next year, and maybe that's what the market's telling you. And I think the big question right now, is this just a a, a run-of-the-mill market correction like you see typically every year, or is this the start of something bigger? You know, are the markets about to go off a cliff? Is it time to go to cash? And I think that's the question on every investor's mind right now.
0: Well, you know, you always feel that way once the market's in correction mode, and, and that's exactly what happened. We have a... 10% 10% correction in the S&P 500 from its recent July high, right? So the market was really humming, you know, in July, and then suddenly you've got rates going up, and you know, we've had a correction in the market. So, that, you know, it does lead to fear and pessimism. But, you know, the economy is not landing, right? It's taking off, right, where I think the profit recession's over. We're seeing most companies report surprisingly good earnings, not, not poor earnings. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I, I read that book, Waiting for Godot, back in college, I'm not waiting for this recession to happen. I'm getting invested here.
4: Well, I think that's the question, right? We, we talk about this all the time now. You get a money market fund that pays 5% or you can lock into a CD or a treasury bond that pays 5% for the next year. Does it make sense to just wait because uh, the markets obviously are unsettled right now? Um, or is it time to get invested? And, you know, we've been kind of proponents of you don't wait because at some point things are going to change and when they do change, they change relatively quickly into what you said, Bob, right now is let's face it, we've got, you know, our earnings growth looks pretty good on stocks, they should continue to go up in terms of their 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 ability to make profits, which is a positive, uh, we see inflation, and we're gonna see some more numbers on that next week, are, are continuing to come down. And we know we have a strong labor market. And that really hasn't changed. So I guess we'd argue here is it's a lot like last year, where everyone's warning you that everything's ready to fall off a cliff. And then, you know, disappointingly for any of these pessimists anyway, a year comes and, you know, we think things are going to look pretty good. So I think you have to ignore the noise here more than ever, and you have to start thinking about your long-term goals. And it's hard right now because, man, oh, man, all the news is negative.
0: Well, it is. It's actually the news isn't negative. The news has actually been very positive. It's just the way the media reports it. Yes, we just had spectacular growth for the quarter. However, this is negative because the Fed's going to raise interest rates even more. Um, so, you know, it's always being spun as, in a negative fashion. But, you know what, Ryan, there's nothing wrong with 5% of the Treasury right now. If you're sitting it a bank paying you 1% or 2%, get it over to that Treasury. Um, but, you know, we're about financial planning. And most of my clients are baby boomers who are retired. And you know what they're focused on? They're focused on that income that comes in, you know, every month. And you can get great income by locking in these yields, you know, in the bond market. You can get tax-free yields. If you're, you know, a New York State resident paying state income taxes, you know, you can buy bonds that have an equivalent of 6 to 7% taxable, right, you know, for the rest of your life. You know, why wait? You know, it's uh, it's the time to get invested.
4: Yeah, it really is, and you know I think right now more than ever, uh, to your point, Bob, we got a 16-year high in hint- interest rates, and we think the biggest risk next year is okay, inflation does continue to come down um, like it has been for the last year. Is what if the Fed starts to cut interest rates? You know, all of a sudden, so those great yields you have today disappear like that, and you know, call me a cynic, Bob, but uh, but you know. The Fed Reserve chairman, maybe that is a political position, and maybe it is an election year next year, and maybe he'll be more incentivized to to lower interest rates just to keep the economy humming. Call me crazy, but, you know, I think there's a good chance that could happen.
0: Yeah, I think that's the important thing to remember. You know, we hear so much about the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve chairman, Jerome Powell, but, you know, if you go through history – the Federal Reserve is not a leading indicator. They're a lagging indicator, right? They don't make the direction of interest rates. They follow the direction of interest rates. So, you know, it's not so much they're dictating what's going on here. And, and you know, if you look at inflation, uh, it's moderating, right? I mean, it's still going up, right? But it's not going up at 9% like it was a year ago. Uh, we just had a really good PCE number uh, come out this week, which is what the Federal Reserve follows. And they can clearly see that inflation's moderating. And it's just like everything else. It's going to go down, su- su- you know, slowly, but then suddenly. And if you're sitting in cash, you're not invested. You're waiting to invest. And I say, don't wait. You know, the opportunities are there. You know, the lower the price, the better the expected return.
4: Yeah. Meanwhile, again, if you have a hot labor market like we do right now, where there's plenty of jobs, you know, those jobless claims have been relatively low. There's tons of jobs openings. It's very hard to go into recession when you have full <laughs> employment. You know, it's, and I think that's that's it's one uncomfortable truth for a lot of these pessimists out there that have been waiting for this market to fall off a cliff, for this you know this recession to happen, is when people have jobs and, and wages are going up, which they are right now. Don't get me wrong, I think it is hard right now because inflation's high, people do feel squeezed. But the bottom line is it's very hard when you have this you know low of unemployment or this high employment right now for for the economy to fall off a cliff. So you really have to start thinking about the future where the puck is going as the old Wayne Gretzky quote goes. And, you know, if you look at it again, we've got inflation coming down, we've got a strong labor market, we have earnings going up. That's a recipe for probably good things to happen, not bad things over the next 12 months. So it's time to get your plan in place. You know, don't wait.
0: You know what I always say, Roy, don't listen to the noise, ignore the noise, follow the data, right? The data is there's lots of jobs openings and jobless claims are dropping, right? So people are working and, You know, meanwhile the economy is accelerating. It's not landing, right? It's taking off. And when you have companies making more money, you know what they do? They hire more people. So the employment number is going to continue. You know, the unemployment numbers going to stay low. And again, you know, don't don't listen what the Fed's telling you. They're they're a lagging indicator. They're going to over tighten. They're going to miss it. Meanwhile, corporate profits are going up, and corporate profits, last I checked, they're the uh, you know they're they're the lifeblood of stocks
4: yeah so if you are thinking to yourself right now okay bob ryan we get it your, your your positive attitude maybe it's too much but we get the world's not going to end very often and if you're thinking right now i need to get on top of my retirement plan i need to figure out what i'm doing for retirement well here's your shot to do it we keep 10 slots open if you've saved over a million dollars bob and i will run for your you total financial master plan we'll do that with no obligation or cost it's a full holistic review where we look at everything there's not a firm out there that will do this work up front we're going to go as far as building you your own personalized financial portal give you a bird's-eye view of your entire financial life and we're just going to hone in on every financial issue you need to address today you need an income plan for retirement when that paycheck stops how do you take social security what's the best way to do it for you how do you take from your portfolio how do you draw from it so you don't run out of money and how do you factor in inflation? Your costs are going to double over the next 20 years just to do the same thing because inflation's going higher. We're going to put together a full income game plan, a full dynamic income game plan so you don't run out of money. We're going to look at diversification. Markets have been like a yo-yo over the course of the last 24 months. Has your portfolio done the same thing, going up and down, not going anywhere? Or have you been sitting in cash paralysis by analysis? You can't figure out what to do. We're going to put together a full investment game plan tie it to your goals, show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you those high cost tax inefficient products, whether it's an annuity, insurance product, brokerage product, mutual funds, structured product. We'll do a deep dive of every investment you own. We're going to show you where all the hidden costs are and show you how to optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make, it's what you take. You'll get Bob and I's full tax playbook. We'll keep 10 slots open for the whole show if you saved over a million dollars for your retirement.
0: All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692 that's 844-752-6692 or just simply call 844 plan nyc that's 844 p l a n n y c if you're one of our next 10 callers you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation, there's no cost, and guess what? No other firm will do this for you up front. All you have to do is be one of our next 10 callers and call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844 a n n y c.
4: So, Bob, you know, at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, and we probably do thousands of financial plans every single year and you know we found that for a lot of you you've done a great job on the savings right you put the money away you've been it away for retirement you are prepared in terms of you have put enough money away and you've learned how to live on a budget you've learned how to save carry very very little debt and you know probably in a lot of cases you've done pretty good with your investments but you know what i think we need to talk about is when you are a good saver a lot of times there are mistakes that you make just because you put the money away does it necessarily mean that you've structured it properly when it comes to retirement, or what we like to call that wealth distribution stage, when you start, quote-unquote, living off the land?
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree, right? I think now is a time of maximum diversification, and I find that there are too many plans that I review where there's too much money sitting in cash. You know, the thing that really broke my heart over the last 15 years was wasn't so much my generation, but it was my parents' generation that suffered – From rates going down to zero because their only investment had always been, you know, a six month or a two year CD at the bank. And when rates went to zero, you know, they didn't have any other strategy or any other option. They didn't have any advice. So, you know, maximum diversification is what I recommend right now.
4: Yeah, I I think the the big issue is, you know, maybe you have saved a lot and you're getting close to retirement. We talk about this a lot. You're sitting with a lot of money in cash, which is a great short term strategy, right? Markets are volatile. Yeah, no one knows what's going to happen next as they never do. So you're sitting with this huge position in cash. You're getting your 5%, you're patting yourself on the back. But the problem is, you know, that that that's a temporary rate. And you're probably going to retire for maybe 20 years, 30 years. It's not a long term solution. And right now, when you're building a retirement plan, you've got to think about long term solutions. In the meantime, that's a short term solution. Because again, we talked about this on the first segment is rates could go lower. In the meantime, if you have all that money sitting in cash, what do you do now? Yeah,
0: you know, that's a really good point, right, You know, because I, you know, they as they always say that the four most dangerous words. It's different this time. So now you're able to get five and a half percent, but you know the one year uh, return on a treasury on average is under three percent, right? The average yield is three, not five, not five and a half. So this is a time of opportunity to take advantage of the lock in that yield. Right. If that's a good yield for you, you know, why have it only for three months or six months on, on it? Because you might be able to get one tenth of a percent greater. You know, you want to block in that income stream so that you don't have to worry what you're in retirement. You, know, you can focus on, you know, more important things. So it's um you know, these short rates aren't investing. Right. It's when you're in cash, you're waiting to invest. I say, don't wait. Get that money, get that yield locked in.
4: Yeah, well, that's that's one part of it, right? If you have too much money, that's too conservative. That's one problem. On the other side of the the equation, you could have too much risk right now. You know, the other issue that we see a lot, and you might be feeling the pain right now, no pun intended, our last name is pain, uh, With markets down, maybe you have too much money at risk in the stock market. And you may have felt that last year, too, when markets sold off aggressively. So, you know, really, it comes down to having the right amount of risk, because if you're retired for 20 years, you can't have all your money safe but you can't have all your money at risk as well. So the other question you have to ask is, am I taking way too much risk to get to my goals? Do I see way too much volatility in my portfolio? And that's a problem, right? You don't want to take more risk than you have to to keep your lifestyle intact when you finally do retire.
0: You know, Ryan, I've been uh, doing this, uh, helping investors like you, you know, get to your goals, your long-term goals, close to 50 years, you know? I know I don't look it, but i I 'm living it, um, but what 's happening is ninety percent of every plan I ever reviewed over that fifty year period, the investors were taking more risk than necessary to achieve their goals, right it's, You can get the return you need without taking all that risk and when I talk about risk i 'm talking about volatility, and who needs all that extra volatility right you know you don 't need that scar tissue in your stomach lining. you know you need to be able to sleep at night, and I'd say, take your plan down to the sleeping point make sure you don't have that excess volatility because, you know, higher risk doesn't, doesn't equal to higher return.
4: Yeah, not necessarily. And look, I mean, if you're still working, right, you're in that wealth accumulation stage and you have 20, 30 years before you retire, fine. It's one thing, but you have to come to grips or terms with, and I just met with a gentleman this past week, you know, he had 80, 90% of his money in the stock market. He wants to retire mm-hmm. in two years. And it's just like, look, you don't, if the market sells off, aggressively and you have a big market sell-off like we did during the pandemic where it goes down 40, 50% or the great financial crisis, a better example of that, you know, you don't have 10, 15 years to make up the difference. And I think that's the really important transition you have to make. When you're in that financial red zone, maybe you're five years away from retirement, even 10 years away, you've got to start transitioning your portfolio away from growth mode to a more conservative portfolio where you start living off of it. You've got to make that transition, and now's the time to do it. You can't wait on that because you don't have the time to make it up like you used to.
0: No, I absolutely concur, Ryan. I'll tell you the other thing, the secret to success uh, in investing, number one, is patience. Uh, number two is keeping your costs low and keeping your tax to a minimum. I don't know why people like voluntarily paying excess tax to the federal government. I think we all have to pay our fair share, but why give them any extra? Right now, you have to make sure that you're you're tax efficient in your portfolio and you don't sit with that ticking tax time bomb that we all talk about every week, that IRA and 401k.
4: Yeah, a lot of your money is probably in retirement accounts. We see this all the time. And the problem is once you get out to age 73 or 75, depending on how old you are, the government forces you to take that money out and you have to pay income taxes on it. And if you have a lot of money in those plans. That's going to be a lot of money that has to come out every year. That's going to put you in a higher tax bracket. So, you know, one thing you want to start looking at is start doing some IRA 401k tax planning. Maybe it's a good time to start converting some of that money out now before you have to take it out and put it into a tax-free Roth IRA or Roth conversion. So, and especially with markets down right now, there's a lot of proactive moves you can make to mitigate those taxes later. And most of us aren't proactive about taxes. It drives me crazy. Because we always say, it's not what you make, it's what you take, and there's so many things you can do from a tax perspective to tweak it now, and now is the best time ever, right? Tax rates are relatively low, you've got markets down right now, it's a really good time to start looking at different strategies you can use on your portfolio to optimize for taxes, and most of you aren't doing it.
0: You know, Ryan, my favorite client is a client I sit down with and go through their planning, and they have that excess cash flow where they can enjoy themselves, but... You know, the media right now, for whatever reason, loves to turn good news into bad news. It's almost as if we're all addicted to it. We're watching it all the time. And they're making everybody feel so bad, you know, about how things are. And, you know, the beauty of a financial plan is you can see it in black and white. You know, am I growing my capital? Do I have income that I, I don't need? Um, you know, you need to celebrate a little bit. Spoke to one of my clients the other day, and he was very concerned about all the things that are going on. And I pointed out to him how much income he has and he's just reinvesting. I want him to go out and live a little, enjoy himself. I said, you know, you're the wealthiest you've ever been in your lifetime. You want to celebrate it a little bit. I mean, he's fortunate that he saved early. He's patient, and his money's been compounding. That's the place to be. Live your life. You know, don't live in fear.
4: Yeah, exactly. If you're thinking yourself right now, okay, I need a game plan. I need to figure out what's the right amount of risk for me and my portfolio for retirement How do I optimize my portfolio for taxes? Well, here's your shot to do it. We still have four slots left. If you saved over a million dollars for your retirement, Bob and I will run for you our total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally will look at everything. There's not a firm out there that will do all this work up front. We go as far as building you, your own personalized financial portal. We'll give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life and we'll just hone in on every financial issue you need to address today, whether it is that income plan for retirement. How do you take Social Security? There's lots of ways to take it. There's one right one right way for you. And how do you draw from your portfolio in the most tax efficient way where you don't run out of money? We're going to put together a dynamic income plan, show you how you can live off your portfolio, live off of your assets and not run out of money. And we're going to look at diversification. Markets have been extremely volatile for the last two years has your portfolio been all over the place with no game plan or have you been sitting in cash paralysis by analysis, not quite sure what to do to build your portfolio for retirement. We're going to put together a full investment game plan. We're going to show you how to grow your wealth, but most importantly protect it over the rest of your life with strategies we've been perfecting for over 50 years. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you those high cost tax inefficient products. Whether it's an annuity, a mutual fund, brokerage product, structured product, we've seen them all. We're going to do a deep dive of every investment you own. We're going to show you how to reduce all the costs on your portfolio, specifically that hidden cost, and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make. It's what you take. You'll get Bob and I's full tax playbook. We literally have four slots left if you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement.
0: All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844 844- Seven five two six six nine two, 752 6692 or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next four callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. No strings attached. But you won't have a plan if you don't text or call. 844 752 Six six nine two. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844 plan n y c. That's 844-PLANNYC.
4: Hey, if you'll learn more about myself and Bob and our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, simply go to BeBullish.com. That's BeBullish.com. Stay tuned. we got more, more money coming your way.
2: Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups.
1: This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore.
2: Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show on WBC Talk Radio. And I'm really thrilled to have two outstanding guests today to try to explain this bewildering economy and these bewildering financial markets. I'm talking today with uh, two close personal friends, and I'm just so grateful for them taking some time out to talk to me and to you about what is going on with the economy. First, we have Robert Arnott, who's one of the top financial gurus in the United States. He is uh, world famous, actually. And Robert Arnott is the chairman of uh, research affiliates. And then my good friend, Andy Puzder, who ran CKE uh, Restaurants and has been uh, incredibly successful in his business career. Uh, gentlemen, thanks so much for joining. Let's start with you. Um, if we may, Andy, I have just been kind of perplexed by this economy. It, it seems as if it's running on fumes. We keep getting, you know, decent uh, numbers on jobs. Good number. We had a really good number on the GDP that came out for the third quarter. Uh, what's your read on this? Because it just seems like we're ready for a crash landing. But on the other hand, some of these statistics look pretty strong
5: i got agree. It, it does look like we're going to go down. I mean, you, you see 2.7 percentage points of that. Uh, the GDP gains in the third quarter were based on consumer spending. And you've seen consumers, they've depleted their personal savings from like $5.7 trillion down to under 700000000000 billion. Uh, we've got credit cards. Credit cards are maxed out. We're over a trillion dollars. 51% of yeah. people can't pay them at the end of the month. You've seen uh, yep. uh, 401K withdrawals, that hardship withdrawals. On the other hand, you do see very uh, significant wage, wage gains, you know, wages have now mm-hmm. exceeded inflation for four months. And uh, you've also seen the the uh, compensation cost report that came out recently said we've got compensation costs are up about 4.3% year to date, and last year they were up about 5%. So people, it seems they have money. So it, it, it's, it's kind of a dichotomy. You can't tell whether consumers are running out of money because they're depleting their resources or whether they're going to continue to be able to spend because uh, wages keep going up. Yeah, all good points. You know, we estimate that the
2: average family has lost somewhere in the neighborhood of $2,500 in purchasing power, you know, since Biden came into office. And that really has put a lot of financial stress on families. I know you've written a lot about that. But, Rob, let me uh, turn to you. The financial markets I find even more (laughs) bewildering than what's going on with the economy um the, if you, if you adjust for inflation, I was just looking at these numbers, Rob, you know, since Biden came into office, you know, markets are down, you know, 15 to 20%, uh, because we've had pretty high inflation over the last couple of years. But what do investors do right now? You've been truly one of the best, uh, and most successful investors over the last 25 years. What, what are you doing and what do you advise people to do?
6: Well, firstly, um, <clears throat> there's a dichotomy in uh, relative valuations. Uh, one of the things I like to look at is called a uh, Schiller P.E. ratio. It's price relative to 10-year smooth earnings. It, it takes out the effects of economic peaks and troughs so that you don't over or understate the P.E. ratio just because earnings are booming or slumping. And the U.S. is at 29 times. Uh, Europe is at uh, 14 to 15 times. Emerging markets are at about 14 times earnings, so half off if you go outside the U.S. And so that's that's one takeaway. The the second uh, takeaway so, – Hold
2: on. Can I just – let me just interrupt you right there. So you're saying, you know, the, if I understand you, the P-E ratios are higher in the United States than they are in the rest of the world. Right. And you're, and you're saying that, therefore, you should avoid U.S. stocks? I mean, isn't that an indication yeah. – of we're,
6: the we're in, productivity of... Absolutely. Uh, markets are driven based on narratives, but uh, the good news is narratives are often true. The bad news is that narratives are entirely reflected in share prices, so betting on the narrative won't help you. Uh, finding where there's chinks in the armor, where the narrative can be wrong, that's that's where you have profit opportunity. And is, is the U.S. Uh, twice as productive as the rest of the world? Um uh, uh, is that going to lead to faster earnings growth from uh, already robust levels um, in the U.S. versus the rest of the world? It would have to be on a huge scale to justify the valuation differences. The other big takeaway is what. By the way, that, so that like,
2: you're, you're making a pretty you're making a pretty bearish assessment that of where we're headed because, I, I, you're, you're, if I if I understand you correctly,
6: yeah, I'm I'm saying that if you're an investor in U.S. stock at these price levels. Don't expect to earn much money on it uh, over the coming decade. Now, does that mean that it's headed for a bear market right away? No, I'm not saying that, although I, I think yep. that's a very real possibility.
2: So, Andy, uh, you heard what Rob had to say, and you're a, a great investor yourself. Uh, what do you think?
5: Well, I think that's right. I think Rob I think Rob kind of nailed it. it you, you, right now, I think in, if you look around the world, uh, it's uh, – what do they say in the – in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. And, and right now, the United States, the United States is the one-eyed man. And, and that the narrative is very, very positive for the United States because much of the rest of the world is in such a dire straits. China, Europe, uh, you've got, a, you know, the war in the Middle East. We've got problems in Ukraine. Yep. So there are, there are a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of the, the positive stories that people are looking for come from the United States. And, uh, as Rob pointed out, the, the numbers, the, the numbers just don't back it up. Uh, so we, over so, time, there's going to definitely be a negative reaction. So I'm a policy guy. You guys are the
2: financial wizards, and you know when I look at policy, I see a lot of negative things, obviously coming from Biden, uh, and and uh, and I think that you know what we did when uh, Andy, you and I were, were working with Trump, we we had a lot of very positive. Things for the economy and for financial markets. And so the reason I say that is I do think this is a highly consequential election coming up in 2024. Uh, I'll give you just one example, uh, Rob. You know, I was doing the calculations. If let's say you had a, a second term for Biden, you know, his tax plan, which thank God has not passed, but it, it would massively increase the tax on dividends, tax on capital gains. It would tax. Unrealized capital gains, Rob. I don't know if you've looked at that. And then he wants to raise our corporate rate, which should—I did some of the back-the-envelope calculations—that would raise the tax rate, the effective tax rate on investment in the United States to, in some cases, um, over fifty to sixty percent. So I'm using that as an example of things that would—it seems to me—do significant damage to the financial markets. But what is your what are your thoughts about that?
6: Well. Uh, Certainly, if you tax unrealized capital gains, you're taxing money that's never been uh, taken out of a company. Uh, uh, You are um, going to force prices down because people will have to sell stock to pay those taxes. I, I think it's unconstitutional. I don't think it'll get through.
2: But <laughs> if I'm
6: wrong about that, it would be catastrophic. Uh, just one example, the taxes owed by Jeff Bezos and uh, all of the other largest shareholders of Amazon uh, would collectively exceed the entire cumulative earnings of Amazon. Oh my God. Think about that. The
2: taxes. <laughs> the
6: taxes would exceed the cumulative earnings of Amazon.
2: But you know Rob, that's why they want to do it because they think this is the biggest honeypot they've ever seen the politicians and uh it is the oh, one thing they is. haven't been able to tax. of course it <laughs> and is. you know uh, it, you'd Patrick, literally have that. a you know, yeah I mean you'd literally have a situation where people would have to uh and he literally they'd have to sell the farm to pay the taxes.
5: Yeah, it, it, exactly. I, I actually think that, that that it's such a stupid idea that even the democrats won't do it i mean it's so bad <laughs> the results of it would be so catastrophic and it's so ridiculous i don't even know how you would how you how would how would you tax unrealized capital gains and then if, if the market went down the next year would people get a tax refund i mean this this is a it's it's a ridiculous ploy i i i can't imagine it would ever happen i, I think that you know, the bigger threat from the Democrats, Stephen, you and I have talked about this, mm-hmm. is that they're, they're really yeah. trying to manipulate the economy. They're really trying to take over the consumer's role in the economy. They're, you see it with electric vehicles. You see it with solar power and windmills. Mm-hmm. So there was an article out this morning, that, that today, yeah, Friday, of how uh, how the wind and solar uh, panel manufacturers are, uh, are in dire financial straits, even though uh, yeah. supposedly yeah, demand that. is increasing there's all these EVs that you that they can't produce profitably so the government's trying to t- it, this is not the way the free market works the government is trying to take over the role of consumers and try and create demand for these products and it and it's a disaster for the economy i think it's a it's, it 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 maybe it doesn't it's not to the level of taxing unrealized capital gains but it's really bad i mean this is this is terrible policy yeah. that uh, that we really need to step back from quickly
6: Let's also so not Rob, give a uh, pass Rob, to the Republicans on this, because Republicans too often play the, uh, 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 the "I'm not as bad" role, and right. uh, really
2: <laughs> yeah, right. want to
5: spend almost as much as Dems. Yeah, we, we definitely well, that's true. spend I, too I, much. Uh, no matter which party's in power, we spend we spend way too much. Yeah,
2: there's no question. Well, and you yeah. know, politicians love to play Santa Claus, whether they have an "R" an and a "D" next their name. And my uh regular listeners of this show know that I am not a rah-rah republican. I'm not here to tell people that republicans are the uh salvation uh from these financial uh you know the the debt problems that we see ourselves in. Um so Rob what do you like I mean are you Oh there's in, lots in, of things I like. Down right now what what do you advise investors to do given you know we have so much political uncertainty to the extent we have policy changes they seem to be moving america in an anti-free market direction you and i are pretty libertarian we want the government the governs least and we've got a president who wants to you know as nandy just said he wants to subsidize all these industries and i always say if you want to destroy an industry subsidize it but uh, but what are your thoughts
6: Well, um, there's lots of interesting things to invest in. Uh, Don't go where everyone wants to go. The so-called Magnificent Seven, the seven most valuable Mm -hmm. stocks in the world, Uh, uh, these tech behemoths, NVIDIA, uh, Microsoft, Apple, and so forth, are uh, hugely successful firms. So I applaud that but whoever coined the expression magnificent seven for these companies didn't see the movie four are dead by the end of the movie
2: (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) so
6: these these stocks collectively are worth more than the entire Uh private sector of uh germany Uh france uk and switzerland combined are these seven companies going to be more uh uh, consequential for the future of the Uh world economy than the four largest economies in Europe? I don't think so. So that seems to me uh, to be a very vivid case of a bubble. And uh, where do you go when there's a bubble? You try to find the anti-bubbles. Uh, value yeah. stocks are cheap all over the world. The spread between growth uh-huh. and values is, is almost the widest it's ever been. And. Uh, uh outside the U.S., there are value strategies. Uh, Fundamental Index, which is a strategy that we invented back in 2004, gives you a, a concentrated, focused value exposure all over the world. So I, I would go with value. I would put more into non-U.S. assets because they're out of favor, because they're unloved, because the narrative says U.S. is the leader. Uh, and it is, but it's also overpriced.
2: So let me play the doubles advocate uh and throw this over um uh you know to to you which is the question about um you know AI looks like it's going to be in a, a phenomenal wealth producer over the next 15 years as we move into an age uh andy of uh, robotics artificial intelligence um that you know you were in the restaurant business this could revolutionize every industry. So, you know, that would be sort of the argument for why you do want to invest in these kinds of things. But how do you look at it?
5: I think the first thing is when you have a bubble, uh, as, uh, as Rob referred to, eventually that bubble is going to burst and you're going to see yeah. these ratios come back into a more rational uh, relationship yeah. to the value, to the price of the stocks and this isn't something that people should be afraid of when when stocks come down that's when you make money you make money when things decline you don't make money when things are up with respect to ai i think you're going to see a a dynamically increasing um implementation of different ai strategies across the board not just in the restaurant industry but in every industry because the cost of labor is going up so dramatically that now these ai alternatives which come in and are cheaper are are much more rational. They're they're a lot easier to implement, and you can afford to implement them because they're they're cheaper than um, than retaining workers, particularly now in the auto industry. If Ford, General Motors, uh, and Chrysler, Atlantis don't uh, start implementing these AI policies, they're not going to be around in ten years. They're going to be outcompeted by companies that don't have uh, that don't have sure. this strong union representation yeah. like Toyota and Tesla. So, there, so but, uh, uh, it's a real dynamic mm-hmm. in the market. So, Andy,
2: just quick question: uh, You re, you were in the fast food restaurant business, or is it going to be pretty soon where we're going to have robots um, serving people?
5: Well, in California, you sure are. I mean, California is so overregulated the restaurant <laughs> sector that I think you're going to see massive, massive close. This is why I moved our company from uh, from uh, California to uh, Nashville, Tennessee. I mean, you're going to see such uh, such overregulation, such high. Um, Cost of labor uh, and materials and rent, yeah. uh, that you're going to see a lot of restaurants in California just going to close. And the ones that don't close are going to have to automate or they're going to go out of business.
2: Well, we just got one minute uh, left, by the way, talking to Andy Puster and Rob Arnott. Rob, I'm going to throw it over to you because you. Had one of them lived in one of the most beautiful homes in America in Laguna Beach, California, and uh, built your business there, you know, raised your family there. And I remember you called me a number of years ago saying, I'm moving to Miami, as so many people are doing. Um, is California hopeless now with the high taxes and high regulation? And do you think more and more people are going to be moving to these red states?
6: Well, I've, I've written about the migration effect quite a bit. And uh-huh uh The affluent uh don't like to um, have their money taken away any more than the poor do and uh, right. <laughs> so so if if you're affluent and you're in a state that's hostile to success that thinks that successful people must be bad that overregulate <laughs> it that overtax it you're you're going to be tempted to move, and that was the basis for my move. Um, I do want to say on AI, every technological revolution in history has uh-huh. cost millions of jobs, has created millions more jobs than it cost, uh-huh. and the jobs yep. that are eliminated are never missed
2: one generation later. Uh-huh. The jobs that are eliminated right. by
6: technology are never missed.
2: Fantastic way to close this out is, Rob, Arnott. Uh of Research Affiliates, and, of course, Andy Puster, who's a, a regular on my show. Gentlemen, thank you so much. By the way, both of these gentlemen lived in uh, high-tax uh, blue states, California, and now I think, uh, Andy, you live in Tennessee and no income tax. And, Rob, you live nope. in Florida, no income tax. So you practice what you preach. Folks, this is the More Money <laughs> Show. We'll be right back.
1: This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore.
2: Welcome back folks. This has been the More Money Show on WBC Talk Radio. I just wanted to end by noting, uh, the irony that two of the industries that are in big trouble right now are the EV industry. It now, uh, costs Ford. Ford is losing over $40,000 per electric vehicle they buy. That's what happens when you have the government subsidizing industry. I made this point earlier, but wouldn't we be much better off with the free market? And by the way, the solar and wind companies are losing money. I say, let's produce all of our energy. Let's close down the Department of Energy and let the free market system determine whether we use our oil, our gas, our coal, our nuclear, our wind, our solar, everything we got folks. That's the best way to defeat the terrorists in this country. Have a great weekend, and I'll be back same time next week. Uh, this is WBC Talk Radio. I'm Steve Moore. Have a great weekend.